0: was nothing like this growing up I had a really good childhood I did lots of sports um, I did gymnastics I did netball I did swimming um, I did cross-country I did skating um, Or hanging out with my friends like one of my best friends didn't live too far so I was always around her house playing with my brothers and sister and my cousins. Like, when I was younger, I'd go to my cousin's house a lot or my cousins would come round to my house and we just do, like, silly, just silly stuff, you know, like, building forts. I actually went to school in Essex. I didn't actually go to school in London, a primary school or secondary school, so it was just kind of on the outskirts. I lived in East London pre-Olympics, so I've seen how the area has just developed and skyrocketed. Like, it, it was not like this growing up. It was nothing like this growing up my closest shopping center was in Ilford and now i just walk 15 minutes down the road and I, i'm at Westfield which is one of the biggest shopping centers in Europe and seeing how like the olympics and the facilities that have been left behind within the legacy have just created so much opportunity and things for people to do the parks like it's amazing so i'm so glad i'm so i'm so glad and so fortunate i grew up um but well, partly grew up in east london i moved to the caribbean for 3 years i moved in 2008 so I was 13 when I moved Um, and I did year 9 to year 11 out there Um, and we moved because my dad wanted me, my brother and my sister to get a cultural experience Um, as black kids being being in our own environment growing up in London and going to school in Essex, I was only around black kids. Um, I was always like one of two or three black kids in my class. And it's not until I grew, like, grew up did I realize um, the impact Caribbean environment actually had on me. So while I was there, like I remember my, maybe like my first three, three to six months, it was just difficult adjusting because it was like, this is my reality, like <laughs> I'm here for good. And I just have to make it work, just have to make it work, just have to make it work. Like kind of like making friends and stuff was, it wasn't necessarily a challenge. Like I wasn't bullied or anything like that. But it was like, you know how it is when you like first move, just a bit. People are kind of cautious because you're the new girl. But I got involved, I think previously growing up, I was was into sports. So I got involved with netball on the island pretty quickly. Um, I also got involved going to the gym. Like the gym is one of, a place of peace and calmness for me. Like an outlet. That was definitely formed within the Caribbean. I was there like at least twice a week after school. Like straight from school, I'm just I trek over to the gym. Playing netball allowed me to mix with more people who weren't actually in school; they were outside of school. So these are people who were working. So I got to know them, like got bonds with them. So if I was out, like in town with my friends after school, and someone's asking me, they'd "Be like, oh, how do you know this so and Oh, netball. And it's like, what you play netball? I guess once I settled, it was the best experience. I would not change living in the Caribbean for anything. I think that every child of African or Caribbean heritage, every child that I guess has an heritage that is outside of the UK, should spend a significant amount of time there whether that's going there on holiday to visit your family once or twice a year or living there for part of your education you need to do it because i just think being there just gave me a sense a really strong sense of pride of who i am of grounding of humility i had black teachers they black policemen black people within government black doctors black people who run businesses. Obviously with an island full of black people, like anything is possible. Like I didn't didn't grow up feeling limited. In England, sometimes within the education system, people can like put stereotypes on you and kind of box you because they don't think you're gonna achieve this. Whereas within the Caribbean, education was very, very important. It was very competitive. There was definitely competitive to being in the Caribbean educationally that i just personally don't think i've ever really felt being in the uk well no i haven't felt it let me not lie i haven't felt it <laughs> no way if you didn't pass the year within the in the caribbean then you would have to repeat a year and when i first heard that i honestly thought it was a joke because i was thinking they didn't do that in england and then people were like no it's true and i was like yeah i worked hard for end of year exams i was like i am not failing this to stay an extra year like <laughs> that is not happening Um, and i think i came like fourth in my class in my first year or something like that living on an island is it's a different experience like the sunshine as a black person i need my vitamin d constantly activated and i mean obviously hurricane season it was there were a few ups and downs and differences within the weather but majority of the time the sun is shining and that just i just love the heat the beach was literally 10 minutes from my house i would cycle to the beach and go to the beach before school um I would volunteer with the church swim group and help the little kids swim I did cycling I took part in a triathlon it was just such a relaxing and um, peace lifestyle while it is relaxing I do think living there and going on holiday there is very different like you still you know people still have the same stresses of everyday life like obviously obviously I was in school at the time and I was with my dad and my grandparents like I didn't really have to worry about working or anything like that but you know, people still have to figure out how to put food on the table, finding jobs, housing, looking after their kids, being within close proximity to nature and also seeing the vulnerability that we are as humans to nature, Mother Nature. Um, I just have a, an appreciation for um, the Earth like way more than I like had before going. I made some of the most amazing friends ever. Um, one of my bestest friends I met out there. Our grandparents, our grandmothers were best friends for over 40 years. And what's funny is that I only met her when I was 13, even though our grandmothers have known each other like before us being born. But I didn't meet her until I was 13, even though when I used to go to Nevis for vacation, she was there, but we just never um, met up. But I don't even think it mattered that uh, we met at 13 because it feels like I've known her since birth. they are just so in sync and as I was from England and she was from America we kind of were two like I guess potentially outsiders going through the same experience and we just got on I just think you know there like just some people in life that you meet um, you just click instantly and there's no going back once you've met, like you're stuck with each other for life I went back to Nevis last summer for the first time in a long time and it was like I'd never left Like people were just so amazing so welcoming I was really nervous going back and they just made the experience so much. They made it way better than what I could have possibly imagined. It was just a beautiful thing. Growing up within that environment of just black people being in positions of power. Um, yeah, they could. There's, there might be corruption and things and issues within the community, but seeing those people in those places, I never thought, like to me, I never thought that a black person couldn't do this or couldn't do that that was never in my psyche, or maybe it was, that being in the Caribbean completely stamped it out. I think being in that environment sort of gave me like a sense of fearlessness within, like fearlessness in terms of going for my goals and what I can achieve, so like all my like major goals I want to achieve in life, I know I can do them, there's like, there's no reason why I can't, like what is stopping me really and truly, there's nothing. My grandparents would have CNN on the TV, all the time cnn was a staple program in the household so i grew up watching don lemon wolf blitzer anderson cooper um farid zakari um oh i can see the lady with she has brown hair i was there when president obama got elected that was definitely an amazing thing to watch that happened from an american perspective as opposed to be british perspective and cnn can now project that barack obama 47 years old, will become the president-elect of the United States. We project he now has enough electoral votes, more than 270, more than enough to become the 44th president of the United States. This little-known U.S. senator, only a few years ago, seemingly coming out of nowhere, delivering the uh, Democratic Convention keynote address back at the convention in uh, 2004, all of a sudden taking off becoming a United States Senator from Illinois, and now he will be the first African-American President of the United States. This is a moment so many people have been waiting for, and they're really excited, especially in Chicago. Let's listen in for a moment. As a black woman, I made you believe you could do anything in life. I want to be a producer and director, um, working on documentaries for TV companies, um, production companies, um, news outlets set up workshops in the Caribbean that facilitate education out there. So I think it was always kind of watching the news was always in my psyche, um, understanding what was going on in the world and understanding like, I always kind of thought, well, why is this story being portrayed then within... I might go do my own research on the internet and see that this story wasn't in the main news and but I used to question that and like think about that. And it wasn't until later on in life, to I was like, like kind of like, yeah, I think the media, like, I'm interested in it. I'm interested in how it operates, and the systemic issues, the racism within it. um, Understanding that the media is there for a profit, it's not just, it doesn't just serve us freely. Like money is there to be made, you know, sensationalism. How much influence media has over people's minds and thoughts, just on a basic level. I think one thing that is difficult. Is when you're faced with racism or educating people and stereotypes and stuff, people kind of become very defensive. It's like, well, I'm not a racist and they're more worried about being labelled a racist as, to po- as opposed to learning from the potentially racist incident that you're trying to educate them on. And before, like, I used to be nervous about it because I was just like, oh, I'm not really trying to accept, upset anyone. It causes so much grief sometimes. And it's just like, I can't even be bothered with that today. Let me just let this racist mark for, um, fly. Let me let this microaggression slide um but now i'm just kind of like i'll just call it out a bit more and it's just like no that's wrong you can't do that you can't say that and i just think tackling those mini battles um leads to like bigger structural changes because then it's just like if i call out anytime a white person says something problematic and i kind of explain the systems of white supremacy and white privilege and understand this is what's happening and this is how certain situations are gonna unravel because of these systems in place which are there to stop people from benefiting or excelling in certain aspects i think those small little teachings can contribute to the wider narrative and lastly my message stay mentally healthy stay physically healthy follow your dreams and passions surround yourself with great people like good supportive friends and family surround yourself with like-minded people in your business you know look for the people who are looking for you be unapologetically yourself